We have liftoff of the Blue Origin first human flight into space. China invades American farms. The classic game show host is now extinct. Porn and politics in Tampa. Some controversy we'll discuss. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha San Miguel, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Corojo, built with authentic Honduran Corojo to deliver a bold experience for those that defy the status quo. Prepare for the intensity with Camacho Corojo. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Greetings and salutations. It is Alpha Dave from Command Center Alpha, the general, and your global alpha male in chief. We welcome you to Bold Alpha, your one-stop, non-stop destination for absolute alpha male pleasure and lifestyle maneuver conversation and unabashed political incorrectness where we are unafraid to tackle any subject, no matter how controversial. And we give it to you straight with no number one bullshit. All right, first up this morning, I don't know if you caught it, but if you didn't, you missed out on quite an 11-minute spectacular, an extravaganza, as the Blue Origins spaceship rocket ship goes up with the New Shepard module up on top for an 11-minute flight into orbit, the first human flight of the Blue Origin rocket, and it featured four adults, including Jeff Bezos, the founder of Blue Origin, and a very special guest, Wally Funk. Now, that's not a male. That is a female who now holds the record for the oldest human in space at 82 years young. She initially was among the Mercury 13 women who went through astronaut training in the 1960s, but they never made it to space or even NASA, NASA's astronaut corps because they were dames. Back then, all the NASA astronauts were military test pilots and male. Bezos said no one has waited longer, and he actually went to her home and invited her to be his honored guest as they flew this morning for a suborbital trip around the globe. 11 minutes, and it was spectacular to watch. And it was so appropriate, it took place. On July 20th, the 52nd anniversary of Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Man on the moon with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And as a kid growing up in the late 60s and the 70s, I was enthralled with the NASA Apollo program. And I remember back as a kid, There were NASA models, Apollo 11 spaceship models. I remember Gulf gasoline. I think there still is Gulf in the Northeast, if I'm not mistaken, especially around New England. I remember that if you bought like 10 gallons of gas, they gave you this this like cutout thing where you could create a lunar module. Then they had deals where you could get like a NASA glass. I remember I told my mother, the astronauts drink Tang. I do not drink orange juice. You have to get me Tang. Because if the astronauts did it, 
I wanted to do it. I wanted to be like those mythical God, uh, just, just incredible. Really, they were discoverers. These were the, the Lewis and Clark of the 20th century going into space. And I remember watching Walter Cronkite and Wally Sherrod down at Cape Canaveral, down in Florida. And I mean, just the coverage and watching the, the, the Apollo 11 take off, just knowing everything about it and reading everything about it, absolutely enamored. Back in those days, during the Apollo program, astronauts were revered. These guys were put on pedestals. They were young. They were virile. They were cool. They looked hip in their convertible sports cars. Every male at the time wanted to be like an Apollo astronaut. They were absolute chick magnets. They were attention magnets. They were just, people just wanted to be around them. And now we don't have that, like the space shuttle astronauts. Can you even? I can name probably three or four, but not like the old days where I could rem, I could name the Mercury and Gemini and Apollo astronauts. But now we're seeing a revolution, a renaissance, if you will, with now ordinary Americans. Well, if you got twenty million ordinary American, you can get a ride on the Blue Origin spacecraft. But we are going to see space tourism. We are going to see more regular Americans, regular citizens across the globe, be able to go up for a ride. And it was just incredible. Four passengers on board the Blue Origin's space capsule, the New Shepard space capsule, not one of them was a pilot. They weren't controlling anything. None of them is trained as astronauts. Everything controlled via computer and via mission control in Van Horn, Texas. They just were passengers along for the ride. Absolutely incredible. And I watched that this morning and the countdown. And you see that rocket blast off. And you see the, the just tremendous amount of propulsion coming from the bottom of the rocket. It clears the tower. And they had a great overhead shot, clearly from a, from a helicopter. And when you see that rocket just lift off, boom, it looked like a movie. Like you were watching a Hollywood production. Like this can't be real, but it was. And it is. Just phenomenal to watch it. The entire sequence, how we see it. And then it goes into orbit for three minutes. Three minutes of weightlessness, and you hear a voice saying, one minute remaining until re-entry begins. Please take your seats. It was pretty wild. The only thing that I found was disappointing, the audio from the space capsule, from the New Shepard capsule, was a bit weak, very staticky, and I thought we would see cameras in the capsule. Now, they may have video from the capsule. For whatever reason, they decided not to show it during the live space flight. But I'm sure we'll start to see video from the capsule, what it looked like. Giant windows. I mean, this thing just you know looked like a living room, how big this thing was. And then watching the rocket motor come back to Earth, seeing the camera mounted on top as it's coming through the clouds and coming down to Earth. And then you see these, almost these like winglets open up. And then you see just about 10 seconds before it lands, a retro rocket fires and places the rocket motor back on its landing pad flawlessly. I think it missed the target, the center, by about two feet. But think about this thing. This goes all the way up 
to whatever it was. I'm trying to remember uh, uh, what they said, how many miles above the earth. How many? I think it was 300 and some odd thousand feet. And that this thing comes right back down. And then a few minutes later, you see the new Shepard capsule plunging down, re-entering the atmosphere. And then you see the drogue parachutes come out to begin the initial slowdown process. And then the three main parachutes come right out and it starts slowing down to about a 45, 50 mile an hour speed and then to 15 miles an hour. And then as it gets close to landing, several retro rocket motors fire to cushion the blow. They land back in the West Texas desert at one mile per hour. It was phenomenal to watch. Only in America. That People say all the time, well, America's lost, you know, it's, it's, it's grit, America. Look, there's a lot of things that we have lost in America. America's become soft. The socialists, the Marxists, the enemy of America, Lib Dems, they have made this country a soft country. Every time you look around, people are offended. They need safe spaces. But one thing that the United States has never lost is our pioneering spirit, our can-do attitude. That's why capitalism is fantastic, that these socialists, Lib Dems, Marxists will never understand. Jeff Bezos, like him or, or hate him, he put $7 billion, more, seven-plus billion, of his own money into the Blue Origin Space Program. No government money, no public money, no stockholders, he alone, he himself. Made possible because the guy had an idea to sell books online delivered to you. And everybody at Barnes & Noble and Borders Books and all the other bookstores laughed. And this has got to be, what, 25 years ago? 26 years ago? They laughed at the guy. Who the hell's going to buy? I did. Who the hell's going to buy books? I want to go to Barnes & Noble or Borders. I want the experience. I want to go in. And then something happened one day. I went to go to Barnes & Noble, and they said, we don't have that book. I said, okay, can you order it? Yeah, it's going to take about six weeks. I said, well, let me think about it. I went to Borders. Same thing. Then I go on to Amazon. Yeah, we'll have it to you in three days. And that was my first purchase on Amazon. And today, we buy by Amazon. Now, is Amazon perfect? Nope. Do they try to squash the competition? You better believe it. Have they gone against some of their very own resellers that use Amazon as a platform? Yes. Do they need to be reined in? You're damn right. But this guy started it with nothing. He and his wife were shipping out of their garage, out of their home. I wasn't a born a billionaire, grew up in Miami. Only in America. You don't see that in a communist country. You don't see it in Cuba. You don't see it in Venezuela. You don't see it in the uh, Soviet Union or former Soviet Union. You see it in America. Only in America. Because our capitalist system works. And people say, well, it's not perfect. Well, what is perfect? No person is perfect. No business is perfect. No entity is perfect. Nothing's perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. That's why on every pencil that is sold, there is an eraser. Why? People aren't perfect. They make mistakes. But this is privately funded. Now think about this. Think of the hundreds and hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars spent in the NASA program. And now we have private companies that are doing it, so much so that NASA is now contracting with them because private companies can do it more efficiently. So it is remarkable to see that not only do we have Bezos, but we had Virgin Galactic with Richard Branson, Elliot, uh, uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX 
which is now sending astronauts to the International Space Station. We didn't see this seven, ten years ago. Only in America. So all these socialists and Marxists and ultra-libs, the AOCs, all these other clowns that say, oh, we should adopt the socialist system, and we should have handouts for everybody, and we should be like Venezuela and Cuba, I have two things to say. Number one, if you love Venezuela and Cuba and the socialist system, get your ass on a boat. We'll ship you down there to Cuba or to Venezuela. You stay there. If it's so great, you freaking live there. That's number one. Number two, if socialism, Marxism, communism is so great, why is it that millions of people are trying to escape and come to the United States of America? We're such a racist, evil country that people are doing anything they can from these socialist shitholes to come to the United States of America. And I am fed up. I am fed up with these socialist libs, these college students that have no intelligence, that have been brainwashed, that think all these socialist, communist countries are so freaking great. If it's so great, get your ass over there and you live there. And when you look at college campuses, I saw somebody was interviewing some of these college students and asking them, you know, you see these, these, these protesters in Cuba, Venezuela, they're waving American flags. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I, I think that's terrible. And they said, well, why do you think they're waving the American flag? Well, I don't know. Well, they said, well, you think, you think it's so great, these other countries? Oh, yes, the U.S. isn't perfect. And, 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 you know, we're not a perfect country. And we have so many issues in slavery. I am sick of hearing about this slavery bullshit. Slavery took place over 150 years ago. No American today believes in slavery. No American today owns slaves. Nobody in this, the last four generations has owned slaves. And certainly if you were born after 1965, 1966, we live in a dramatically different country. There are no separate lunch counters for blacks and whites. There are no separate drinking fountains or bathrooms. You talk to people today and say, listen, you know, at one time in history, there were separate bathrooms and separate, you had to ride in the back of the... And people laugh. They're like, come on. Because America has made huge strides. Dr. Martin Luther King would come back today and say, hey, is the United States perfect? No, what country is? But man, compared to where we were in the 60s, 50s and 60s, this is a different nation. Totally different country. And I'm fed up with all these people, these, these black athletes, these black reporters, these wealthy black individuals who have made millions, getting paid three, four, five million, billionaires, saying, oh, we've got a problem with, with discrimination and, 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 and uh, white privilege and you know, slavery is still in existence and discriminate. Please spare me. Who the hell do you think is the majority of people that go to watch LeBron James, who I can't stand, and the NBA, comprised of what, 90-plus percent black players? The majority are white, play white fans. If they're so racist and discriminatory, why do they attend their games and pay exorbitant prices? So when I hear these athletes, and I hear the Jamel Hills, formerly of ESPN, whine and bitch about racial discrimination, and that America is such an evil country, how is it that in this evil country, they're able to make two, three, four, five million bucks a year? So you can bitch and moan all you want. 
But the reality is everybody has an opportunity. Doesn't mean you have equal outcomes. And when we look at the space program today, we look at Blue Origin, and we look at SpaceX, we look at Virgin Galactic, the proof is in the pudding. Only in America would we have three commercial space companies who are dedicated to putting man in space and woman in space and orbiting the Earth and, and going to the space station and maybe to the moon again and maybe to Mars. Who the hell knows? Only the United States of America. Not happening in China. They have to copy us. They have to, they have to steal our technology. Why? Because the Chinese Communist Party members are stupid. Well, they're stupid to one degree. They can't create it themselves, so they do the next best thing. They steal it. They don't have the ingenuity that we have and the capitalist system that we have in the United States. But to a degree, they're smart in that they're screwing the rest of the world. Now, I don't think personally that's a great thing. But meanwhile, we have Congress here that screams, Russia, Russia, Russia. And yet it's China, China, China. Which gets me into my next story that I will tell you about right around the corner. If you are looking to add a full-flavored cigar to your portfolio of cigars to enjoy, I've got the perfect selection for you. The Gurkha Nicaraguan series. It is loaded with Nicaraguan leaf from the renowned Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. The Gurkha Nicaraguan series features a Corojo 99 Nicaraguan wrapper, dual Corojo 99 binders, and Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 long fillers. The result, a super full-flavored cigar with loads of pepper, loads of spice, very rich, while maintaining absolute smoothness the entire time. Try the Gurkha Nicaraguan series. Add it to your portfolio. Add it to your humidor. You will be in for a super Nicaraguan Puro Cigar Treat. Gurkha, the world's finest cigars. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Every time you look around, it seems that China is buying all of our shit. Everywhere you go, China owns this, China bought that, China owns this, China's buying this, and we just sit around like dumb lemmings just shaking our head, whereas if an American wants to go to China and buy a company, good luck. No chance. Chinese company or the CCP has to own a majority or they control everything. But not here in America. We've got Congress and Democrat politicians that have been sitting around saying, oh, it's Russia, Russia, Russia. It's not Russia, Russia, Russia. It is China, China, China. How many of you know that China owns the largest pork producer in the country? How many of you know that? I'll tell you the answer to that. None. Virtually nobody knows that Smithfield Foods, the largest pork processing uh, producer and, 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 and processor in the country, is owned by the Chinese. And here's another little tidbit. China now owns and controls almost 200,000 agricultural acres in the United States worth $2 billion. That includes land for farming, ranching, forestry. That is less than farmland owned by companies and people from Canada and European countries. This is a disturbing trend that is continuing. 
Now, we are worried about our food supply, our medical medicine supply, our water supply, and yet, who's now starting to control it? All the medicine you that is in your, your medicine cabinet, you want some aspirin? You want Advil or the generic Advil, ibuprofen, or acetaminophen, which is the generic Tylenol? Where do you think that's made now? China. Where most of the antibiotic, the raw ingredients, where are those produced? China. And President Trump, Peter Navarro, who is in charge of overseeing, getting the American supply chain back up and running, now we're seeing under the Biden administration going nowhere. China has been our enemy all along. They are the enemy. Make no mistake. And they're buying up farms all over the place. And because of pressure, from American companies and American citizens, now Washington is waking up and wants to crack down. They are introducing, or legislation has been introduced, to stop foreign nationals from purchasing American farm operations and receiving taxpayer subsidies. Bravo. You're only 10 years too late to the party. Here's something that's very interesting. China's got a big food problem. Huge population. They don't produce enough pork themselves, so they buy Smithfield Foods. American company, been around forever. They now take the pork carcasses, the pig carcasses, and ship them over to China for processing for the Chinese market. So there is food that should be used for the United States now going over to China. And this is all part of China's Belt and Road Initiative. They want to control ports, airports, shipping lanes, manufacturing. They want to dominate the world. Xi Jinping is the devil. Make no mistake. He is probably far worse than any of the Soviet presidents ever. This guy is a crazy son of a bitch. Threatening now Japan and to, to nuclear bomb Taiwan. Let me tell you, Xi Jinping, you launch a nuke, it's fucking over for you. Done. Finished. Because the United... I don't give a shit who's the president. Whether it's brainless Biden or President Trump, you launch a nuke, trust me, China's done. And you know what? That wouldn't be a bad thing. Get rid of the Chinese communists. If there's just a way we could keep the Chinese people... Because the 1.2 billion Chinese people don't want to live under these bastards. you got about a million Chinese communists. If we could eliminate them, that would be fantastic. And I'm hoping, by the way, in Cuba, that the citizens of Cuba, they, they continue their protests. They overthrow the, I still call it the Castro communist regime, because that's what it is. 60 years after Castro uh, ascended to power. We would love to see a free Cuba. Libertad for Cuba. You can be sure the United States of America and American investment would be down in Cuba in a millisecond. It would be great. It would be the Vegas of the Caribbean, mark my words. But China is the enemy. China launches a nuke on, I don't give a shit if it's, a, if it's the smallest nuke available, if it only takes out two houses. Trust me, the United States will respond not in kind, but they'll blow them out, out, off the face of the earth. And China is our enemy. And have we learned nothing? They control the medical... Look, look what happened during the CCP Wuhan virus. China goes out, knows they have a problem. They restrict travel within China from Wuhan 
or uh, uh, the province that Wuhan is in. By the way, Wuhan is, uh, I think, 15 million people. It's a huge area. It's not a small city. They restrict domestic travel, but they allow foreign travel to continue. They allow all these infected Chinese Wuhanians to travel and infect the rest of the world. And what does China do? They buy all the personal protective gear, the masks, anything they can find around the world. And then when the rest of the world is infected, what does China do? They get their manufacturing operation moving in overdrive, and all the masks go to any store, go to a Walmart, go to a Home Depot, go to Target, go to any supermarket where they sell those masks made in China. And I've said to people, you mark my words, in 10 years, because we're breathing the materials from those masks, and who knows what the hell is in that material, for all we know, there could be little shards of glass or a spe- Who knows? Mark my words, in 10 years, we're going to start finding people have respiratory issues because of wearing those masks during the Wuhan virus pandemic. Mark my words. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. You think China gives a shit whether or not they produce anything up to health standards that we consider superior here in the United States? They could care less. If there was an OSHA, if our OSHA went over to China, every manufacturing plant would be shut down. Not only for the fact that their workers are inhaling and and, and the working conditions are horrible, but who knows what they use in a lot of these products. But yet, they are shipping all that junk to the United States. And now there was a bill in, and here's the other thing, people don't realize that JBS, which is the largest meat producer, beef producer in the country and I think in the world, who do you think owns them? The United States, a company from the U.S. or American citizens? Nope, it's owned by a Brazilian company. We have not learned any lessons. We are allowing our critical infrastructure, our food supply, electrical power grid to be sold to foreigners. Why? You can't go to China and say, hey, guess what? I want to buy all your food companies. You know what China will say? Ah, uh, no chancey. No chance. Sergeant Steve, I just realized we could have people that say that I'm doing a Chinese impression, and therefore we could have a major controversy saying I'm being xenophobic. We could have that. Now the question is, do I give a shit? Negative. That would be a giant negative. I could care less. Because I can tell you that if China, if an American company, Sergeant Steve, if you or I went over and said, hey, we're buying this, uh, we, this there's a nice pork producer here in, uh, in Beijing. We're going to buy it. I don't care how small it was. They'd say no chance. Or correction, uh, no chancey. No chance whatsoever. Then they try to sell you some mugu gai pan or some kung pao chicken. And listen, let the Chinese do what they're best at, exporting great Chinese food recipes. I mean, who doesn't love General Tsao chicken or Kung Pao chicken? I love it. I think the Chinese have provided us tremendous culinary options, but I do not want them controlling our food supply here in the United States. And now we are seeing much more scrutiny. We are seeing now a bill in Congress to restrict foreign ownership, not only of farmland, but possibly of other companies. We should be doing this. We should have done this 20 years ago. Now, the only law that is on the books 
is a 1978 law directing foreign nationals to report their U.S. agricultural holdings to the USDA. Big deal. They can buy anything they want. They can buy 100 million acres of farmland or 100 billion, and all they have to do is say to the FDA, we own it. And the FDA can't do a damn thing. And that is a huge problem. Now, Texas, don't mess with Texas, but they have the largest amount of foreign-held agricultural land at 4.4 million acres, followed by Maine and Alabama. Who would have thought? I think Alabama probably uh, timber. Sergeant Steve, you lived in Alabama. What's their big agricultural? I mean, I think they've got uh, timber and I think, uh, what, primarily uh, hog pork production? Yeah, I think that's most of it, yeah. Yeah, so this is, we cannot allow China or any foreign country to control our food supply, our medical su medicine supply. We must get manufacturing back in the U.S. And I, for one, am tired of people saying, well, you know, if we do it in overseas in China, we can save a couple of nickels. When the Chinese put the screws to the U.S. and say, hey, we're going to play hardball. We're not sending you over any medicine. We're not going to send you agricultural supplies. We're not going to send you all the shit you buy from us. People will say, oh, I'll pay whatever it takes. Mark my words, there will be a day of reckoning. China is the enemy. So we need to restrict foreign purchases of agricultural land, of food processing, any critical infrastructure. And I'd say food, power, water, and medicine all qualify under those categories. And for the last four and a half years, all we've heard is Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia doesn't even have the economy of California, please. But typical Dems, they use politics. And they put politics over patriotism, over the welfare of the United States of America. Russia, Russia, Russia was a total distraction and total diversion. And China was laughing all the way to the bank. It's been China, China, China all along. They are the enemy. They're getting more hostile. And we better wake the hell up before it's too late and we're all speaking Chinese and Mandarin. For six decades, Camacho has been working hard to build the best damn cigars around. Perfecting, preserving the authentic Corojo seed, that's the foundation of the Camacho blends. They talk about strength and character, and that is in Camacho's DNA. And so is the Camacho Corojo cigar. Complex, flavorful, no compromises. It is bold, it is rich, it is tasty. And it's built using wrapper, binder, and filler that is grown and harvested in the legendary Hamastron Valley in Honduras. A fifth priming wrapper, deep, dark, Rich, three primings in the filler. What you get is a cigar strikingly dark in appearance. Camacho Corojo makes a statement with intensity that's backed up by cedar and earthy notes. A bold experience for those that defy the status quo. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. So last night, I happened to be uh, channel flipping, looking for a, uh, a game, a baseball game just to check a score. And as I pass through ABC, they are running the celebrity dating game. Sergeant Steve, have you ever seen some of the remakes of the celebrity dating game on ABC and match game? I have not. 
You haven't missed anything. Now, as a kid growing up, I think you grew up, what, primarily in the 70s? Uh, 80s. 80s, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, still in the 80s, game shows were still pretty big. There was Match Game, there was The Price is Right, Password, High Rollers, um, Joker's Wild. Do you remember any of those game shows? Yeah, remember some of those, yeah. Yeah. And if the one thing you remember, there was always that traditional, stereotypical, prototype game show host. You know, like guys like Jim Lang, who uh, was the host of the dating game. You had Tom Kennedy. Do you remember the name Tom Kennedy? Mm -hmm. He was the host of the nighttime Price is Right. Um, there was Wink Martin. Do you remember Wink Martindale? Oh, yes, yes. Do remember. Okay. Wink Martindale was, was big. Um, I'm trying to think some of the other. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of game show hosts. Alex Trebek, initially a radio guy. And what's interesting is Jim Lang, Tom Kennedy, Wink Martindale, Alex Trebek, they were all radio guys initially. They were all radio guys. I actually met Wink Martindale at a National Association of Broadcasters radio convention in Orlando. And he was speaking. He was from Memphis. Actually, Sergeant Steve, you spent time in Memphis, mm -hmm. program director of, uh, what was it, uh, WREC? REC. Mm -hmm. REC, that's right. That carried the Cigar Dave show for a while in mm -hmm. Memphis. And you didn't take it off the air there, did you, Sergeant Steve? I'm just no. checking. No, I did okay, not. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Now, Memphis is a great town. I know you live there for what, two years, three years? Two years, yep. Two years. You met your wife there. That's correct. There you go. So Memphis, uh, did you ever get back to Memphis? Uh, just visit occasionally. So I haven't okay. been back in, oh, geez, I don't know how many years now. What was your favorite barbecue place in Memphis? Well, I loved Rendezvous. Oh, uh, Rendezvous. Now, that's an interesting story about it. You want to tell the story? Which story? About the founder of Rendezvous? It's got a Greek influence. Yes. I, I don't know the whole story, but it does have a Greek influence to it, yes. Yeah. Very. Charlie I Virgos. Charlie Virgos, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he, he, everybody laughed because his father, who's, or, or, or uh, the current owner, it was, his father was Charlie. He was the guy, as I light my cigar. Hang on one second here. Hmm. Okay. He was the guy at the time when he created the rendezvous room. A lot of people, he had this Greek and Southern influence. A lot of people thought he was nuts, but he put a lot of the Greek spices mm -hmm. into his rub. And it's very famous. In fact, their, their rub, their barbecue sauce, uh, I purchased it. It's good stuff. And yeah, we use it all the time. We use it all the time. So, and when you think of one of the places that's also very well known, Corky's. Yes, uh, definitely a big place, and they've got multiple locations now. But Memphis, certainly a great town. But Wink Martindale got his start in Memphis Raiders from Memphis. Mm -hmm. Started in radio, so I met him and had the chance. Super nice guy. And there was a breakout session, and there was maybe fifty people, and it was a very intimate type of thing. And I can't remember what he was talking. Oh, I do remember, because he was started in radio, got into television as a game show host, but along the way he still kept doing a show in Los Angeles, and then. They brought him on board for a relaunch of a music of your life format, but really more of an updated, like an American standards, you know, with Sinatra and, and, and some of the younger performers. And he was you know, talking about that in his kind of his career. But it was fascinating to talk about the fact that he mentioned that going from radio to hosting a game show, he said, really gave him tremendous ability because in a game show, you have to, yes, there are questions that are written and so on, but you have to have the ability to ad-lib. You have to be spontaneous. And he said that a lot of the TV-type only hosts could never make that transition where he said in radio, we didn't have scripts. I mean, when mm -hmm. we'd introduce a record or talk to a guest, everything happened to be extemporaneous. It's off the cuff. So he said the transition 
connection to TV was actually very easy. Well, instead of bringing the stereotypical, prototypical game show host back, for example, someone like me that should be hosting The Price is Right, not Drew Carey, all these game shows the last number of years, starting with The Price is Right, Starting, if you look at Match Game, who do they bring in? Alec Baldwin as the host. Celebrity Dating Game. I said, all right, I got to just see who the hell the host is. Zoe Deschanel. Do you know who she is? I do. I have no, I had no idea who she is. And they She's hit an Michael actress, Bolton, yeah. an actress, okay? And Michael Bolton, who is their like love expert, who sits by a piano, who looks like basically a blonde corpse with no voice. He has no voice left whatsoever. And I watched the first 10 minutes. And everything was scripted. Zoe Deschanel, Michael Bolton. I mean, they're looking at the teleprompter into the camera. And you could tell it was scripted. Same thing with Match Game. Alec Baldwin, all scripted. Now, the Price is Right's a little different. It's not really that scripted. And that, watching those, by hiring celebrities and thinking these network executives think, let's bring on these celebrities. This will be great. It destroys the game show. There's no energy. There's no spontaneity. Uh, do you remember um, Gene Rayburn, who was the host of Match Game? Mm -hmm. Remember he had the long pencil microphone? It was like a super long microphone. Yes. You know, your wife said, I'm done with you. I'm going to blank you. You know, those But he had tremendous banner. Alec Baldwin didn't have that. If it wasn't in the script, he couldn't. Why? Because actors are used to performing mm -hmm. off a script. They're not used to ad-libbing. That's why Steve so Harvey got, is so good on uh, Family Feud right now. Absolutely. Been in radio, mm -hmm. but he's very he, he made the crossover. And he, actually, if you watch some of the clips on YouTube from the, from the Family Feud, they are hysterical. I mean, you will laugh your ass off some of the stuff that comes out. Um, actually, there's one. I'm trying to remember. It was a former Buffalo Bill that was on there. It was Bruce Smith. Hold on a second. I got to find this thing. Wait a minute. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. Hold on a second. I've got to look this up. Um, let's see. Family Feud. I'm almost positive it was Bruce Smith. It was one of the Bills player. Uh, let's see. Yeah, during Fast Money. I'm trying to think. Let's uh, Sergeant Steve, can you bring that up? Because you could bring it up on, on your end. Uh, if you do a go to YouTube and do... Um, just do Bruce Smith shocks Steve Harvey. You will see it. It is, I mean, those are the kind of moments, and we'll play that. We'll, we'll just run the whole thing. But one of the things that, to me, that is lacking when the, first of all, I think the game show genre should be brought back, but you got to bring it back with hosts that can ad-lib that are funny on the fly, and these celebrities just don't have it. I mean, Zoe Deschanel, first of all, I never heard of her. She has nothing funny about her. Michael Bolt, why he's even there? Again, the guy looked like a blonde corpse and has no singing voice whatsoever anymore. So to me, you got to bring back the guys with personality. And who would be the number one guy to bring back or to, to bring to a game show? You are listening to him right now. I should have had the prices Right gig. But I will be happy to do a remake of Match Game a happy to do a remake of uh, the Newlywed Game. What was the uh, what was the guy that hosted the Newlywed Game again? Um, do you remember Sergeant Steve? Uh, I'm sure. What was the question? I was uh, the the, the uh, up yeah the, who, the other audio. Who was the uh, the host of the Newlywed Game? Uh, uh, Wait, I'm I'm just looking it up. Robert Eubanks. Find out here. Bob Eubanks. That's right. Hi everybody, Bob Eubanks. 
Uh, the greatest question is, ladies, what's the strangest place your husband said you've made whoopee? I cannot repeat what the answer was, but it has made all the blooper uh, uh, we, uh, highlight reels. But let's go ahead and run. the. You have the Bruce Smith, Sergeant Steve? Yes. Let's go ahead and hit it. Let's just hear what we've got. If Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? A hammer. Try again. A penis. Tell me the age of kid is too old to sleep with a teddy. What the f he said? <laughs> oh, this is a classic. You can't start this again. We can't come on now. We can't go again. See now, and we can hit it right there, Steve. But, but. Steve Harvey, the perfect guy to ad lib. I guarantee you, if you put Alec Baldwin on there, Zoe Deschanel, I don't care who, another actor, they couldn't react as promptly as quickly as Steve Harvey or any of the other game show hosts, whether it was Bob Barker or Jim Lang or, or uh, I mean, you name it, Wink Martindale, Bob Eubanks, any of those. Gene Raver and any of those classic game show hosts. So it is a shame to me that they're bringing back these game shows with these extremely weak hosts. Sergeant Steve, do you not think that I should be the host of a major game show? Come on down. You're the next contestant. Well, Although that's well, Rod no, I don't want to be the voice. That, yeah, that's yeah, yeah Rod exactly. Rod, exactly. Actual retail price one thousand thirty-five dollars. Jane, you win. See, that's here's the perfect setup now, Jane. How did you get here? I got here by an Uber. Well, Jane, how would you like to leave here with this? A brand new car! See, that's the, you gotta set it up. And see, unless these, these celebrity uh, actors, actresses, they can't ad-lib. You gotta be able to ad-lib without looking at a card or a teleprompter. So it got me thinking about the classic game show host. And even if you look at Alex Trebek, you know, Trebek and, and uh, Pat Sajak, they, and remember, Pat Sajak, a former radio guy as well, they know how to ad-lib. So the classic game show, unfortunately, is becoming instinct, and uh, so has the traditional, prototypical game show host. But I'm going to do everything in my power to get the hosting gig of a game show, even if I have to create one myself. Hey, that's what Merv Griffin did. You know, Merv Griffin created, uh, created Wheel of Fortune, and he actually uh, bought the right... I think he created... Uh, Jeopardy as well, or he bought the rights to Jeopardy and kind of reimagined it. But in any event, when you think about it, Wheel of Fortune, a simple game, and, and Merv would talk about it. He said, you know, I was trying to come up with some ideas, and I was talking to some family members and friends, and they said, hey, you know when you spin the wheel and whatever, and you solve a puzzle like Hangman? Boom! And it made him billions and billions of dollars. All right, the final and concluding segment of this edition of Bold Alpha, Around the Corner. For those of you that live the alpha male lifestyle, that includes spirits, it includes grilling, it includes golf, travel, and there's one very important element that is also included, and that is the love of cigars. Now, some of you may be experienced cigar connoisseurs. Some of you may have said, I want to be the true alpha male. I want to enjoy a cigar. I want to try a cigar. Well, for those of you that are in either category, we've got a club that you should absolutely join. The Cigar Dave Officers Club will ship you three 
fantastic premium cigars every month to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch that will enhance not only your ability to enjoy great cigars, it'll enhance your palate as well. Now, every month we ship you three cigars, the latest and greatest from top-name manufacturers, Davidoff, Camacho, Gurkha, and for August, we have got a phenomenal selection. We are featuring the Casa Torrent 1880, four of their cigars, including the Casa Torrent 1880 Claro, the Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado, the Casa Torrent 1880 Maduro, nice dark wrapper, and the Casa Torrent Oscuro. Now together, those four cigars are worth just over $70. But our Officers Club members are going to rip us off in August. Why? Because membership to the Officers Club is $22.95. $22.95, and you're going to get not, not three cigars. You normally get three, but for August, Alejandro Torrent, the one of the founders, one of the co actually I should say the the principals of Casa Torrent Cigars said, General, I want to give your Officers Club members all four. I can't choose just three out of the four. I'm going to give them all four. Seventy plus dollars in value you're going to get for $22.95 per month. We get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped to you. So if you want to join, you must join by the end of July, by July 31st, to get in on this steal of a deal for August. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. You can sign up there. All the frequently asked questions, all the details are there. Membership is month to month. Cancel whenever you want. We bill your credit card on the first of the month. Shipping takes place around the 17th to around the 20th, 22nd of every month. And for August, you will get four, not three, not three, you'll get four great cigars from the incredible Casa Torrent 1880 line, including the Claro, the Colorado, the Maduro, and the Oscuro. Great cigars from Casa Torrent. So join right now. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month will get you normally three great cigars. But for August, you get four of the Casa Torrent 1880s worth almost actually over $70. bucks. you are ripping us off. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Join right now. Porn and politics intertwine in Tampa. Some controversy here in the cigar city of Tampa where... Bold Alpha and the Cigar Dave Show podcast originate. Brandy Love. Well, Sergeant Steve, are you familiar with Brandy Love? You can admit it if you are. Uh, not off the top of my head. You are lying. Come on. You know who Brandy... Listen, is the wife right there? Come on, Sergeant Steve. You can tell me. No, is she's the not Mrs. Here, Anna but... right there? Okay. Listen, if you ask any man, have you ever watched porn? If a guy tells you no, run. Because you know they are full of shit. They are lying right out of their teeth. I don't care... Every kid growing up, when I was a kid, you wanted to see Playboy. Then it became Penthouse. And then, of course, now, I remember at my cousin's stag party, they actually had a porn film, like a movie film, all right? Not video. And, of course, now it's video and it's streamed and everything else. But Brandy Love, who is a well-known porn star in the MILF category, she is a conservative, if you look at her Twitter feed, and I have never looked at her Twitter feed, I've seen her performances, and I must say they are quite impressive, but I've never seen her Twitter uh, feed. So I went over because after this whole controversy erupted, I wanted to check it out. She is a conservative, loves Trump, pro-conservative, Republican, which is good to see. 
I have no problem with whatever somebody... Look, what she's doing is 100% legal. You may not like it. You may find it morally reprehensible, but she is not robbing anybody. She's not forcing anybody to watch or buy her, her videos or subscribe to her sites or whatever the case may be. 100% legal. Well, the Turning Point USA had a big rally this weekend, a big Tampa event for basically, I think, high school, college uh, kids, younger conservatives. Uh, big, big event. Sergeant Steve, have you seen that there have been many celebrities in and out of the, uh, the Cigar City here? I mean, you name it. There's Donald Trump Jr. and uh, Sebastian Golka and um, uh, Kaylee McEnany, Janine Pierre. I mean, you name it. Just a huge list of people. Have you, have you seen them? Yeah, it's on, it's on Twitter and Facebook and that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it started, I think, on Saturday or Sunday, and I think it ends today. Today being Tuesday, July 20th, maybe tomorrow. But Brandy Love, who is a conservative, registered and was initially welcomed as an adult VIP, not an adult performer VIP, but they had an adult VIP category where people could attend by the conservative right, uh, conservative right group Turning Point USA, founded by a guy by the name of uh, Charlie Kirk, 27, 28 years old. You see him on Fox. You see him on Newsmax, OAN. He's been around. Uh, and he started this organization, grassroots level, with some funding from a very wealthy donor, benefactor that just passed away from, uh, I think, Wyoming or Montana, who funded the organization. And it's a big organization now. And they've got 3,000 attendees this weekend. People, kids register. And the event advocates for conservative values on high school, college campuses. Started uh, Saturday, and it ends actually today. I'm just looking at this article. It ends today. So she showed up, Brandy Love, which is her stage name. I have no idea what her real name is. Just like there are many actors that have stage names. We don't know what their, you can look at what their real name is, but they use their stage name to attend conventions, Democrat uh, conventions, you name it. So she shows up at the Tampa Convention Center, gets her pass, wearing, you know, a conservative dress. She's not showing boobs or she's not showing anything that's, uh, that's, that's unreasonable. She wouldn't be kicked off an airplane or kicked out of any, of any restaurant for being too scantily dressed. Shows up, and at the convention center, she posted a picture of herself on Twitter with the caption, it's good to be around so many young conservatives, gives me some hope. Great. Fantastic. She's a conservative. It's fantastic that we need all the help we can get. Well, apparently... A number of Christian conservatives and others started to appear on social media slamming her and slamming Turning Point USA's decision to welcome an adult film star to the Student Action Summit, the SAS. That's what it's called, the Student Action Summit. Some complained that her presence clashed with conservative values, and others pointed out there were minors in attendance. Well, who cares? Who cares if there's a five-year-old in attendance, or a 15-year-old, or a 50-year-old? She wasn't there to promote porn. She wasn't attending the Student Action Summit illegally. She was, she registered, she went through the proper processes to become an adult VIP, not an adult porn VIP, just an adult VIP, as many people, adults that attend, and that's what it showed on their badge. She was dressed conservatively, that's it. 
She happens to be a conservative. What's the problem? Well, the problem is that some attendees, including a former Kansas State student, wrote, Imagine sending your kids to this conference thinking they're going to learn about Christian conservative values and they come home with photos with porn stars. Now, on top of the online harassment, attendees, some attendees began to approach Brandy Love and criticize her for being part of the summit. Several hours later, Love received an email saying she was no longer invited to be part of the Student Action Summit event. Quote, we regret to inform you that your SAS 2021 invitation has been revoked. This decision is final. This revocation does not impact application to future events, and we hope that you will consider applying again in the future. Sure, they just revoked her credential. They kicked her ass out, but they hope that she'll consider applying. Why? So she can be humiliated again? And so she replies on Twitter, can't make this shit up, LOL. I just watched Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk, political commentator Dan Bongino, GOP Senator Rick Scott, and libertarian columnist Kat Timpf speak about freedom, censorship, and how inclusive their movement is. And then they had me thrown out of the Turning Point USA conference. The Republican Party is broken. And she's right. What a load of poppycock to have her expelled because she's a porn star. Now, I love all these Puritans, and the conservative movement certainly has a great number of these Puritans. Now, I am a conservative, and what does a conservative mean? That means I am strong on defense, that I believe in a capitalist system, I want less government intervention, I don't believe in cancel culture. Oh, wait, isn't that what Turning Points and the Student Action Summit is all about? One of the primary discussion Topics the last three days has been cancel culture and the need to fight back. So what do these bastards do? They cancel an adult attendee for what reason? Oh, she's a porn star. We don't like her profession. Well, again, she wasn't there to promote any of her films. In fact, chances are most people there would probably have not recognized her. Although I always love these Puritans. These ultra, these televangelists, put, put these ultra conservatives in the same category as the televangelists. They spew against sex outside of marriage. They go and rail against, uh, you know, against, uh, uh, you name it. They, anything that re revolves around sex or anything of that nature, they're all uptight about. Oh, except one thing. On the side, while they're talking about what they should, how you should live your life, all these televangelists and a lot of these conservatives are out banging everything in sight. So while they're talking about be faithful to your marriage, they're out fucking everything. You name it, they're screwing it. We saw Jimmy Swaggart, forgive me, I have sinned. Jim Baker, banging everything in sight, banging at Jessica Hahn at the time. These people are morally disingenuous. Please. Being conservative doesn't mean you're a prude. And I'll guarantee you 80% of those attendees, especially the male attendees, I'll guarantee you they all have watched porn or seen porn or picked up a Playboy or a penthouse back in the day in one way, shape, or form. So please spare me the holier-than-thou pontification. 
And as Brandy Love said, quoting, I was not there representing my profession. I was there as a citizen to be around other conservatives. The entire opening was about liberty, anti-cancel culture, inclusion, and then they unfortunately practiced the opposite. And she went on to respond to a number of trolls, mock their attacks, suggest their views were hypocritical. In response to several people who suggested her lifestyle choices were wrong, she tweeted, I asked God this morning. He said I'm a constitutional conservative and that I'm saved by grace. A Turning Point USA spokesperson, Andrew Colvin, wrote to Newsweek saying the Student Action Summit is a youth conference with 15 and 16-year-olds in attendance. As a matter of policy, TPA USA does not allow adult entertainers, influencers, or brands to participate to participate in its events designed for minors. This was not a decision intended to be unkind to anyone, but in the interest of the student attendees in attendance and their thousands of concerned parents. Now, in addition to Love's adult industry work, she writes a column for the conservative online website, The Federalist. Great site. Ben Dominich is, is uh, a founder. Molly Hemingway is on there. I read it on a regular basis. He defended Brandy Love and criticized Turning Point USA. I'm disappointed that TPUSA kicked out Brandy Love for no reason whatsoever. She's a Florida conservative businesswoman who loves America. The right has an opportunity uh, to be the big tent party. Don't be a bunch of prudes. Well, let's talk about being upstanding. And let's talk about being you know, morally correct and setting a good example. Let's look at the leader, Charlie Kirk. First up, he's doing a commercial endorsement now for um, this product, this paint supposed supplement that gets helps you get rid of pain. I mean, it's on every... I'm not even going to mention it because I don't want to give them publicity. It's on Fox. You see it on Newsmax. They're everywhere. It's almost as, as, as visible as the... Um, uh, the, the sheet guy, the betting guy. What's the guy's name, Sergeant? The My Pillow guy. Uh, yeah, My Pillow. Thank you, My Pillow. I see him eighteen gazillion times every time I see it, and I give the guy credit. He's an American success story, absolute success story. You know, My Pillow. But the same thing every time you look around. It's an advertisement, and they've got Sebastian Gorka, and they've got a lot of con other conservative talk show hosts. They have Larry Elder talking about how I was in pain, but now that I take this supplement, I feel great. I can move. Now. Okay, I get it if you're in your 50s or 60s. And by the way, when you look at the ingredients, the primary ingredients is fish oil. Take a regular fish oil, save yourself the money. But they have Charlie Kirk, who's 27 years old, is now endorsing the product. And they show him playing like touch football. And he said, I was in pain and had back problems. But now that I've been taking this product, I feel great. I have all this energy and I'm not in pain anymore. Please. The kid is 27 years old. He's got pain. Talk about being disingenuous. I would much rather have an honest porn star that I was friends with, that was in attendance of an event that I was hosting, rather than Charlie Kirk, who is a disingenuous sack of shit liar. Now, one of the interesting, and he also, by the way, Charlie Kirk, I think, uh, uh, hosts an hour or two programs, got a podcast for Salem Media. But 
if I'm not mistaken, Charlie Kirk said that he graduated from some college or went to some college, and that is not the reality. He never went to college. I think he attended and he dropped out. They also have got some issues in terms of how they do their audits by their independent auditor. So there's been all sorts of controversies. He also purchased the rights to, I think, uh, uh, students for Trump and ended up getting into a squabble with the Trump campaign. So he's not a perfect individual, yet he makes it appear like he is upstanding. He is, he is holier than thou. And I have a huge problem with this. People may not like her chosen profession. That's fine. I know people that don't like lawyers. I know people that don't like politicians. Fine. But she's not proselytizing anybody. She's there attending as a private citizen. She was wearing appropriate dress. She was not showing up like she was on a porn star uh, or a, a porn set. And for them to go into this, this nonsensical rage and to disinvite her is beyond low class. Groucho Marx, I think, once said, I would not be a member of any club that had me as a member. And I think that's probably right. And I think it is a disgrace that Turning Point USA, which rails about cancel culture, goes on about the fact that we must, we must fight it every step of the way. We cannot allow cancel culture to, to continue. We have to talk about freedom. We can't allow censorship. And what does Turning Point USA do? They take away her freedom, Brandy Love's freedom, to attend the conference. They censor her from attending because they don't want her walking around. And they canceled her. All three things that Turning Point USA has been talking about at their current convention ad nauseum the last three days. Hypocrisy is not just on the left. It is on the right as well. And when I tell you that there are loads of people, you know I will call it out. I call out these absolute socialist Marxists, the enemy of America libs. Well, I too look at these ultra-right groups, such as Turning Point USA, as an enemy of America. Why? Because anybody that embraced America would embrace the First Amendment. They would embrace freedom. They would decry censorship. They would decry cancel culture. All the things that a conservative, that a Republican, that a patriotic American should espouse. We believe in the First Amendment. Look, there are people that say things that I find vile and offensive, but I believe in the Constitution. They have the right under the First Amendment. Brandy Love is not doing anything illegal. She attended in her capacity as a conservative, as a columnist, a, an occasional columnist to the Federalist. And when you have Ben Dominich, who's not exactly a ultra-lib, who definitely leans on the conservative side, but not a teetotaler, defending her, I think that tells you all you need to know. So Charlie Kirk and his cast of bad hombre characters, you look like a bunch of horses' asses. You look like you're afraid. Instead of speaking up and defending her right and telling 15 and 16-year-olds should they ask, we may not agree with her career choice, 
but she is here as a conservative. She loves America. She believes in freedom. She does not believe in cancel culture. She believes in liberty and the Constitution, and therefore she is welcome here, as is anybody that believes in the Constitution and what we espouse. But yet, because a couple of teetotalers and a couple of uptight bastards had a problem with it, they caved. They went into their safe space. So next time you see Charlie Kirk on Fox News, on Newsmax, on any of the other networks, or you hear him on radio or his podcast, realize one thing. He is a phony bastard that is no better than AOC, than Ilhan Omar, any member of the squad. Because clearly, if he was better than they were, he would believe in the Constitution, the freedom of speech, whether or not you agreed with somebody's career choices or their lifestyle choices. And I will guarantee you there are probably people that are attending that probably are married that are banging their mistresses on the side. I'll guarantee you that. Now, if that were discovered, do you think they would kick them out? Probably not. Hypocrisy runs rampant on the left, and as we see with Turning Point USA on the right. I support Brandy Love. I support her right to attend. I support her right to be a conservative. I support her decisions because I believe every American should be able to make their own decisions. I don't want to be told what to do at home or in the office. Neither do you and neither does she. So get over it. Enough with the holier-than-thou teetotaling bullshit. We tell it like it is here on Bold Alpha. Some of you may like it. Some of you may disagree. But I want to hear from you. Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. We will gladly read your email and we will reply. I believe in debate. I believe in listening to people that I don't necessarily agree with. I'm not insecure. I don't find that if I listen to somebody that has a different viewpoint, then all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to be destroyed. I'm going to be warped. I need to go into a safe space. We all need to grow up. Just like Charlie Kirk. He may be 27, he's going on seven. And his organization, Turning Point USA, do yourself a favor. Turn your ass and your whole organization out of Tampa. Get the hell out and don't ever come back. Alpha Dave, the general, your global five-star alpha male-in-chief, Live it up.